Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode brought to you by Storyblock. Build anything and publish everywhere. Hello, welcome back, perfect peeps. How are you guys doing today? Doing Dropping great. Dropping the AJs already. Dropping the AJs. <laughs> Love it. I, I guess it is more fun with our overlay. We debated beforehand if we should uh, if we should do the overlay or not, but how can you go wrong? <laughs> yes, right. So we're talking all about developer events and community on CFE.dev today, and we had to bring on, of course, Brian Rinaldi. Brian, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, so I'm Brian. I, I work for LaunchDarkly, as you might have noticed. <laughs> um, and as a developer experience engineer, um, I also have been running a lot of community and events for a long, long time. And CFE.dev is kind of my current focus um, where I run meetups every couple of weeks. Um, I also like in my coding time, I'm more of like a JavaScript and front end dev. Um, it's kind of where, where I tend to focus my efforts. Um, I also do a lot of Jamstack, wrote the Jamstack book with Ray Camden. Uh, that's out recently as well. Um, and, you know, yeah, that I guess that kind of sums it up. How did you get your start at LaunchDarkly? And so your developer experience there as well? So developer experience engineer, it's like, I mean, it's, it's like a DevRel position. Yeah, but, yeah, that's that's my this. title too at Netlify. So. And every company, you know, every company is a little different about the way they handle it. Um, so so I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of LaunchDarkly until they reached out to me and I started checking it out. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool and, and loved the interviews and everything. Now it's been a year and I really, I, I like the company. I love the product. Um, so essentially what LaunchDarkly, yeah, essentially what, what LaunchDarkly is, is if you, if you've heard of feature flags, it's essentially feature flags as a service, although that makes it sound really, really simple. Um, it's actually way more complicated than that. Uh, what this allows you to do is basically you can wrap portions of code and like that code only runs if this flag is true, or you can do even more complex things like, you know, progressive rollouts, user targeting, you can have different types of flags. Like they can be, it doesn't have to be like a true false kind of thing. You can even send complex objects like JSON as a flag. You can do AB tests. Um, so it gets really complicated, but that is essentially it's just feature flags um, as a service. Very nice. So is CFE dev then part of your position at LaunchDarkly or did it spin off of some form of that? Or how did you get into this like community yeah. side? No, uh, I mean, I'm grateful that the company supports me doing it um, in the sense that they are not just like, okay, they're like, you can, you're allowed to do it. They, they uh, actively like uh, support me putting time into it. Um, but it started so in about, I think it's like three weeks officially, we'll hit five years from when I ran my first event. Um, I was working for a different company at the time. Uh, and so I, I got started doing this because I about I ran my first conference about 15 years ago. Uh, it was an in-person conference and in Boston. And I started, I, I kind of 
that started my love of running events. It's like I've always I've run a lot of conferences, all different kinds of conferences, like small developer conferences that are more community things. I've run conferences, bigger conferences for work. I've like um, you know more like company conferences, and I mean I've done a lot of of those kind of things, and I I really enjoy it. Um, even though you know my wife would say like every time, particularly when it was one of my own, is like. Um, I'd stress about the ticket sales every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, but it always turns out okay. And I'm like, you know, you always freak out, but it always turns out okay. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, does it turn out okay because I freaked out or I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what do you do in that moment? Like when you don't have enough ticket sales, I know a couple people going through this right now where they're stressed out and they're like, Oh, we don't have enough ticket sales for this. And you freak out and then it's fine. But yeah, what do you I do? mean, it's usually fine. It's not always fine. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, put it on the credit card, right? You're good. Yeah. So it's it's honestly, there's not a lot of tricks. I mean, you just kind of. I, I would say every time I ran these events, I'd have to call in every favor I I had with everybody I knew in the community, being like bugging them, being like, "Hey, can you help me? You have this new. If you have a newsletter, can you add this to your newsletter?" Can you post it on Twitter or other social, um, you know, and, and the tricky part is you learn quickly that there's no quick fixes. So you had, that's why, like, I would freak out way yeah. in advance because it's like, okay, um, you know, I need to kind of uh, fix this like a month, a month and a month and a half in advance, because like, especially for in-person events, if you wait, it's like, you know, if somebody has to plan travel and all that other stuff, it's just a complicated thing. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, I wish I had a secret. I don't, um, like I said, my <laughs> secret is I freak out and start like just kind of doing everything. Start I Start pulling favors of. and like marketing yep. your heart out and just getting the word out there. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's all you can do. I mean, I guess you can go and hand out tickets on the street if you just want butts in seats <laughs> but... exactly and I, I mean i've done that where like we've just been like okay we're gonna have to give away as many tickets as we possibly can um, yeah you know because having people is more important than the ticket revenue at that point you know so um because you know speakers don't want to speak to an empty room and sponsors don't want to see an empty room and so on so it's um you know i this is kind of aside from CFE dev, but like, it's a tough, tough business right now. Like it was always tough running events even before COVID mm-hmm. and then COVID hit and everything kind of blew up and everybody had to kind of come up with inventive ways. If they run, if that's their business of keeping events going, um, we were already virtual on CFE from five years ago, but, um, so that didn't really affect us. It did in a little way, but I will, I will maybe talk about that later. Um, and then now it's coming back. Like right? everybody's excited. Like, oh, we're back to in-person events again. Um, but it's it's not back the same. As we know, like COVID's still with us, number one. Um, and I can tell you, I talked to a lot of event organizers and stuff um, of like developer events, obviously. Um, and they're still down somewhere of 40 to 50% on is about that yep. I talked to like of what they're down in attendance. Um, and it was, it's a tricky business anyway, where like a little drop off in attendance 
if you've committed, particularly on larger conferences, if you've committed to venue and food and so on and so forth, like that could be the difference between making a little bit of money off of. So, and, you know, it's, I think that now with economic downturn and everything, some sponsors are crying poor, you know, even ones who are definitely not poor. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten a lot of feedback. Like it's just our policy right now. We're not sponsoring stuff. I'm like, yeah, like just going to put a hold on it. And I've heard like even people that can get people to meetups in person are having trouble finding venues because there's like a lot of bars closing or like wherever they're doing their local meetups at is just difficult right now to find places. Absolutely. I have that. So I also run the Orlando devs community here in, uh, well, I'm not in Orlando right now. I'm actually in a hotel. (laughs) So, So that's why like, it's kind of like, yeah. Um, but um, and, but yeah, I run the Orlando devs community and we were like the largest developer community in Orlando. Um, and I mean, we're like, it was, it was big. I mean, it's still big. It's like, I think we're on meetup. We're like 3,500, 4,000 people. And like wow. on our Slack is about 4,000 people. Um, so it's a big group for Orlando. Yeah. Um, and uh and I struggle, that's actually my biggest struggle right now has been finding consistent venues because the places that were free um, are kind of less enthusiastic post, not post COVID, but, you know, post when everything shut down um, yeah. to host free events anymore. Um, and, and so like, it's a struggle to find places and the places that charge, it's like, well, I have a little bit of budget, but I don't have a lot of budget and I can't afford that. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, when you organize a meetup or whatever, it's part of it is, you know, generally speaking, once I get a venue and, and things, it's like, <clears throat> it takes a big part of that planning every month out of, oh, yeah. out of the process. It's like, I don't have to think about where it's going to be because I can just mm-hmm. go to the venue that, I always go to, um, but now it's more like every month that I try and plan something, it's like, I got to figure out where the heck we're going to do this. And and that's a long, complicated process. So never mind getting a speaker and, you know, promotion and all the other stuff. It's like, now I got to every time figure out like, where can we host this? That's Um, what I was going to say. It's not even like, just like, you can't just go to a restaurant and be like, I have this many people. You have to have a place with like a, a screen that you can show all of the talks on and like a nice space and, and great like, Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, sure, I didn't even think about that. We've been struggling with the same up here in Grand Rapids, putting on the Google developer group. And we finally found someone that was like willing to actually open their doors for us for free for now. I, I told them we can give them kickback as soon as we can, but um, it's, it's just really challenging with COVID, you know, people don't want other people in their buildings and like, if they have to shut down and things like that. So where are you doing that at? By um, the way? Yeah. <laughs> that is at the factory, the factory. Oh my gosh. Okay. Drop the name on it. Sorry. I'm pulling like the local stuff, but so it sounds like you are really into like doing these events in your free time. You just enjoy this as a thing. So how did CFE come to be and why did you start doing like you do twice a month? Is that what you said? Every other week? Yeah. Yeah. So originally it wasn't. It originally was just every month. 
Um, and this, again, was like five years ago. So the story of CFE started with, so CFE technically stands for Certified Fresh Events. I've kind of like shortened it because the old domain name was super long. Um, anyway, so, and, and it's not, I, I mean, it's events and it's kind of like not really events. I always think of events being more in person. Um, but the original idea was <laughs> I was going to run in-person events. Um, cool fleek events. <laughs> uh, so I was going to run, I was going to run these in-person events. Um, and I just was, I wanted to get something going. So I was like, you know what, in the meantime, I'm going to run virtual events leading up to an in-person event as a way of kind of building an audience and then having the in-person events. Cause I was not actually a big believer in virtual events. I was like, eh, I don't think they're that valuable. I don't think anyway. And then I started running them and I will say like, you know, I, I'm, obviously I changed my mind cause I'm still doing it five years later. Um, <laughs> You know, most people thought I was nuts, honestly, because like event sites and other stuff would not list anything virtual. It's like, no, this is not, we don't, we don't list that stuff. This was, you know, five years ago. Um, that's changed. COVID. Well, yeah, they got forced did, into uh, it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I started running virtual stuff and it was just like, okay, this is what I am able to do right now. Um, I couldn't, I didn't have the time resources to get, or the money really to get like a, in-person events going because in-person events, a lot of upfront investment. Um, so like, so yeah, I, my first one was like hugely successful. Like we had, you know, I think, I think that one I had like almost 300 people live at, at wow. it. Um, and then just kind of kept it going. Um, and, and started doing, I, I enjoyed it enough. Like I started doing more and I, it's like, for me, I got into events because honestly, my first event was like literally my company would not pay for me to go to events. Like, well, you know what? I'll just bring them I'll here. Bring them to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, so that's why I ran my first conference. But it's because I love, I love like I'm at a conference right now, right? Like I love going and I love learning new things. I love like I'm not. I'm not like so hyper-focused on one thing. I want to know about all the things if I can, mm -hmm. even if like, I love learning about something I'm like, you know, that is awesome. And even though I probably will never, ever use it, but I liked knowing about it. Um, and so like, that's, that's kind of what events are for me. It's about sharing my love of learning new things and, and particularly tech technology and developer stuff. Um, and, and I enjoy being part of like the developer community. It's been a huge part of my career. Uh, obviously that's partly why I got into DevRel. Um, so, so that's what drove me to kind of keep doing. And this was, this ended up being a really fun way for me to do it uh, and to do something like every month and to give back to the community while also learning new things myself. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, you all understand. No, I, like I was going to say, I, I feel like there's a crossover between us and CFE Dev where it's like, we do this not just to like get content out there and do a podcast, but like the guests we have on have so much knowledge. Like you can never know everything, but it's so nice. And we learn so much from having different people on mm -hmm. and speaking about the virtual stuff. I feel like that makes it so much more accessible to people that can't travel. We talked about that a little bit. You can't afford to travel or you don't back. feel safe. Do what? 
<laughs> or who messed up their back. Or people <laughs> that messed up their back like Alex, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I feel like it makes things more accessible to people. And even conferences that are in person now are trying to make things to, to where there's a virtual way to see it as well. And I think that's important as we're moving forward, not out of the pandemic, but through it. We do. Yeah. We do have to pause just one minute, but I've been trying oh, yeah. to trying to do better about um, actually kind of sharing about the people and like asking one question. So um, definitely go check out Launch Darkly on on Twitter. Um, CFE underscore Dev is where you can check out CFE Dev, and Brian is Remote Synth. So remote S Y N T H on Twitter. Um, before we jump to our, our sponsorship, I, I, I'm trying to ask this question from now on, uh, what's, what's your go-to stack that you like? What do you program with these days? Um, so I kind of, I do, obviously it's just, it's JavaScript. I, I tend to do, um, I, I do a lot of node. Um, I do, I, I've done a lot of Next.js. I think as a DevRel, I kind of like flip around technologies. Yeah. I I did some Svelkit and I really, really liked it. Uh, I don't yeah. know if any of you heard of Svelkit. Uh... <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never no. written that in my yeah. life. <laughs> I'd say, honestly, if I, was, if I was making a choice of like, what's the tools I like, or as another example, like Hugo is built in, I mean, sorry, CFE devs is built in Hugo, right? Oh, wow. Um, yep. So I do a lot of, a lot with that nowadays. That's just been that way for, for ages. Yeah. If I were to choose what I could, like, let me pick the thing I want to do the most. Um, I'd say it's, it's, I'm like kind of wavering between a little bit of like Astro and a little bit of Svelkit. Uh, nice. I think both, nice. both of those, like, uh, tend to be uh, what I love about them is that I feel like I'm doing more things that jo just JavaScript as opposed to trying to like my th I, I don't hate react but I always feel like I have to learn to react way to do this like I can even be like I know how to do this in JavaScript but do I know how to do that in react in react like bingo yeah. on the nose yeah so like both I think Svelte and Astro like when you're kind of doing their framework code, it is just JavaScript with a little syntactical sugar that allows you to do some nice. some of the things you need to do. So the, those would be the tools I'm kind of most fascinated with lately, as well as like doing a lot on serverless edge stuff. Nice. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Real it. quick, before you do the sponsor, I want to say that Astro um, is nice because it doesn't ship JavaScript by default. You have to actually turn it on. I like that about it. And they have 1.0 coming up soon. Um, yeah. August 9th, I heard. So, yep. all right, yeah. I'll, I'll let you do this sponsor reel. So. Yeah, also, huge shout out before we jump. Uh, thanks, B1 Mind. You're able to drop the heart uh, cat, heart AJ now. Thanks for uh, the, the sponsorship. Subscribing, there's the word I'm looking for. Thanks for subscribing. And we're off to sponsorship. We know that creating content can be a tedious balancing act. Developers want flexibility to make seamless digital experiences while content teams need the tools to work independently. We make changes and are left to watch everything fall apart. We met our limits using plugin after plugin and waiting weeks for edits. All for this. We knew it was time to rebuild the blocks, 
Storyblock gives marketers creative control and use a visual editor to actually see what they're doing. And developers are no longer restrained to a set of technology. Storyblock has made it simple for each market with localization and personalization tools and allows you to publish content on all channels and all devices. Truthfully, we all wanted the same thing, to deliver the right information to the right destination at the right time. Thank you once again, Storyblock, for sponsoring us. Really appreciate it. Um, do you want to remind everybody, you can do the uh, bang show commands? I hope that's Oh, right. I can't do it because if I do it, then it will set all of them off, apparently. Yeah. There we go. So. so that'll show them all. We have uh, Jamstack. Uh, yes, perfect. One of my favorites is OMG. And hopefully everyone can see Brittany. Sorry, OMG. Brian is like... We haven't figured this part of it out. And I want to talk about CFE Dev and what you use for your tools because we use StreamYard and we have this unique setup with OBS and Alex has to log in with like a guest account as the overlay. And it's just, it's weird and it doesn't work very well. So what do you use on CFE Dev for tools behind the scenes? Yeah. So um, I started, when I started this, I adopted a tool called Crowdcast originally. Um the thing about Crowdcast that I liked at the time and I still like um, is You that... developed it? Is that what you said? Huh? You developed it? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. I chose No, no. <laughs> God, like, no. you built this? <laughs> How much... I don't have this much time. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, um, so so what I liked about it uh, was that oh. I it had the ability to have like... Um, registrations uh, so I could kind of collect emails and stuff as people registered, but also the ability to, cause I was running some, some paid events and I had the ability to like integrate ticketing built in, which was the tough part. I was like, well, how do I run these and then limit this to only people who paid right now? Like I haven't run actually paid events. Um, I don't run any paid events like this year there, even the conferences are all free. I used to run more like workshoppy type things and those were paid. Um, mm -hmm. So that aspect of it is probably less important to me. I do actually use um, RTMP to from StreamYard to now stream into Crowdcast because they're working on Crowdcast V2, um, but it's, it's, a, it's in beta. It's not out yet. But at the, like what I wanted to be able to do is some of like the, the overlays and other things that didn't allow within... Um, within Crowdcast at the time. And I also use StreamYard to kind of, now I kind of simultaneously broadcast to Crowdcast, YouTube, and my and my under, like, uh, my neglected Twitch channel, but <laughs> that nobody ever goes to. Um, so, you know, most, most people still join on Crowdcast um, because that's where the majority of the chat is and the Q&A and all that. Um, but, uh, but then... I, I also use StreamYard to just go to YouTube and we do get some viewership on YouTube as well. Um, you know, so yeah, not nothing too complicated behind the scenes, to be honest. Do you stream straight out to YouTube and then just leave it there? Or do you like make a private? Um, yeah, so, so that's a good question. Um, 
they I what I do nowadays because I do want to like kind of add some bumpers and edit the video down to remove like my little intro and mm -hmm. and so oh no <laughs> oh maybe you're running into hotel interference yeah I think I hit hotel oh. Wi-Fi <laughs> issues oh my goodness okay <laughs> wait, wait okay so. So you were, I would to get back to your question. Um, hopefully I'm fine now, right? Everything good? good? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're back now. Um, so in general, this hotel Wi-Fi has actually been pretty good considering. Um, so, yeah. so what I do is I just unlist it uh, because I don't want to have the edited version and then the unedited version both out there because it ends up looking like duplicate content. So I just unlist the one so that in case anybody had the URL for the old one, they still can go mm -hmm. to it. But, um, but then I just unlisted and put the edited version up. So I usually, every week I put the edited version of those out or I've like usually the weekend after, um, the event runs. We also have a podcast now, which Sean C. Davis hosts. Um, so we broadcast that live kind of like what you're doing here, but then I edit that down into a podcast. So those remain up like the live video of the because nice. we live broadcast the the recording of the podcast and then edit down and actually release just that. the audio just the portion audio. you release something nice yep how much yeah. you charge for editing maybe i need to uh, send our stuff over <laughs> oh god you know i don't i don't i will admit i don't do a ton of editing on it i just will remove like any kind of mistake like anything that you know like some, How do like, you remember like where, the, where the Wi-Fi might drop out? Kind of like <laughs> do you watch the whole thing back to know that, or do you remember? Usually there in the live. I don't. I don't actually run it, but I'm usually watching the live one. Or the other thing I do is like if you if if you're looking at it in the audio like um editor that I'm using, like you can easily kind of look at the audio and find gaps where like okay something dropped out for a little bit here and things, and I'll go there. I'll just kind what of learn to identify that. Huh? What do you use for that tool? Uh, just actually, I'm using Camtasia, which is really not like a purely yep. audio editing tool. Um, but I use it because, um, well, to be honest, because work bought it for me. And that's, I don't want to have <laughs> the software to do it. So they bought it for me for work stuff. And I'm able to use it for this um, as well. I've heard recut is really good at just taking out like the blank space and then editing like wherever you need with audio. So I was just asking everyone like what they're using so we can figure yeah. this out. I I was trying one called, uh, Oh God, what was it called? Uh, um, oh, Descript, I think it's called or something. Yeah. yeah. Descript is really good too. Uh, transcribing. Yeah. And then you can also edit with like, because it transcribes everything and then you can go in and you can correct what it transcribed and you can cut like little bits and pieces out of it, which is really cool. And if you train it for your voice, you can actually get it to replace words that you said, which is yeah. creepy and <laughs> really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've tried that. I have it. I have like the full version and everything, but like, I, I struggled with it. I, I know they've been working like on improving because I felt like the editing capabilities were a little rough. Mm -hmm. um, I think the transcription was excellent. The ability to like say fix little words here and there worked actually pretty well. Um, it was it was just the editing capabilities of stuff mm -hmm. was a little more complicated for me that I was just spent 
way too much time and then struggled getting it exported. And so I was like, okay, go yeah, back. That's to Asia. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back on topic. So <laughs> earlier you were saying that you're more in the front end, you do JavaScript, like yeah. Jamstack stuff, but does yeah. CFE dev have an area of focus for its topics? Do you just do Jamstack or how, how broad um, are your yeah. topics? So no, there's not really a specific area. We do, we being me, um, run, uh, I run the jam.dev I've run for two years, which is a Jamstack virtual Jamstack conference, conference, um, that happens in January. Um, and, uh, and so I, that tends, you know, so we have that obviously, and then I have the serverless event, more serverless, which comes in the fall. Um, so those are kind of like Jamstacky, but there's not really a focus for CFE dev, um, you know, in the past people have told me, like people like who were trying to help me find ways to kind of get sponsors and and keep it afloat, right? They were like, well, if you had more a tighter focus, I think it would be it would help. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm interested in a lot of things. I don't just want to learn about Jamstack. I love Jamstack, but I want to learn about everything. I like so like for instance, next month we have a DevOps talk. It's like not really my area, but I do love to hear about it um, mm-hmm. and and learn about it. So like, I don't want to, I don't want to limit that. Um, we had one on Flutter last week and I was just like, I had no idea what was going on, but it looked fun. Alex had <laughs> a lot of fun coding that. Yeah, yeah we, we made a uh, Flappy Bird game out of it. So that's it, good. it was a good time. But I was yeah, it's nice be, to uh, have the- talking about that last night at GDG, but the back thing, man, it's just yeah. killing me. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just, I, I really, I mean, some of our best talks have been on topics that I never would have imagined that would, you know, like, I mean, if you go through and look, we have talk talks on almost everything. I, the, it tends to lean towards the front end and JavaScript and serverless and stuff because that's my area and it tends to be where I know people and, um, but I, I try my best to reach out beyond that network and like get people who um, are outside of that uh, to, to come and speak who are areas that I know nothing about, which makes it really hard. Cause I then, as you know, like, and you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta really pay attention to this presentation. And like, so we can have a conversation about what they talked about afterwards. And I don't, completely understand what they're talking about, but. Um, Anthony is uh, asking for a, uh... Web3 talk. He wants Anthony to give more Web3 talks. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it's, you know, it's, it, it's fun. Part of the fun about being a developer to me is like, I just, is there's so much that I can learn. And you had one today on GitHub Copilot, right? How did yeah, that go? Yeah, we had just right before this. Yeah, we we're talking about mm-hmm. GitHub Copilot with uh, Rizelle Scarlett. And it was, it was really cool because it was like, um, her idea was that, Rather than, you know, obviously GitHub Copilot can help you code, but it was more that how you can help it to kind of level up your career, right? So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it was it was an excellent person, which is recorded, so you can go back. And, yes, hey, go back and watch it. <laughs> go back and watch it, yeah. So, um, speaking cool. of like how to uh, get talks and stuff, since Anthony was asking, so how do you get involved with CFA Dev? How would you give a talk or participate in events? Um, so to give a talk, I mean, it's really just about reaching out to me. I, um, I 
tend to pre-book these months out. So like, like right now I'm looking at talks in like probably late October at this point. Um, but like, yeah, it's really, since it's, since it's really, I, I mean, the whole behind the scenes besides Sean who hosts the podcast, like behind the scenes, it's really just me. So I always give people my email, which is like Brian at CFE.dev. Um, just reach out to me and tell me what you want to talk about, or if there's topics you want to see, but you don't want to talk. And I can, that way I can kind of try and cater the content towards that. Being a participant, it's like, everything's free. Like there's, so it's not just the live events. Obviously we have the live events. You can just join via Crowdcast or go to YouTube. Um, but the other thing is it's been five years and I've been running this well, originally every month, but I've run conferences that had tons of stuff. I ran workshops, like I had, you know, whole day JavaScript hands-on workshop with like, I, you would recognize all the names of all the speakers. Um, they were like, you know, really, really experts in JavaScript. They did that a few years ago, like and so, so five years worth of content. I think I'm closing in on like 200 sessions that are all just there for free in the archive. You just go back and, um, and find um, find the sessions that interest you. So you don't have to join the live stuff. You can also go back and just watch sessions in the archive. And all of the old conferences and stuff too are all uploaded on there as well. Yep. Everything I've ever wow. put it's all there. It's all free. So all the jam. How I've much had. cloud storage do you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't. I, I, so I don't. No disclosure. Yeah, I used to put them on Vimeo, so a lot of the old ones are on Vimeo, and I have to. I'm trying to transition them over to YouTube. Yeah, like YouTube host my stuff because um, yeah, that would be. I think I tried doing that stuff originally, and it was just never mind having. I'd have to have my own video player and yep. have the streaming of it. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's just a nightmare. So yeah, just let YouTube handle it. I don't blame you at all. Yeah, I mean, the Vimeo thing was nice because if you had a paid account you could it didn't have ads and stuff like that and um and you could even make it private if you wanted to so like i could mm -hmm. embed it but you couldn't find it uh, that was the original idea because i wanted people to come to the site now i'm just like uh, if you know go see it wherever it is i don't care where you find it uh whether it's if it's on youtube or it's on my site as long as you get the chance to watch it um so um, so yeah, but YouTube, the only negative about YouTube is that I don't have any control over what ads they show you, um, you know, so that, that part I don't love, but, but I can't afford the cloud storage for no, five years just, worth of videos. Too much. Yeah. yeah. It, it is a crazy thing. So we talked a little bit about you learning or being in the Jamstack space, but how has that impacted your learning and growth in the ecosystem and like through time with all these networking and all these amazing people that you've been around how has that like helped you grow as a developer yeah so i've been doing jamstack stuff since um you know like i mean we didn't call it jamstack back then but i started doing this well jamstack's changed right <laughs> yeah so so it was 2013 i got into doing I was, uh, I basically, for work, I had to build a site, a uh, content site. It was like a developer site. Um, and it was all content. And I'm like trying to convince them. I, I had fallen in love with Jekyll and I'm trying to convince them to use Jekyll. They didn't, they made me use WordPress, um, but which is fine. But um, 
but that started my journey. Like a lot of things, as you might have noticed, I started running conferences because work wouldn't let me go to conferences. Um, and so I started Jamstack because doing Jamstack stuff because work said, no, you have to use WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, I'm always like, you know, I, I'd say the lesson from my career is that when work tells you no, don't take it as a no, <laughs> try and find it, you know, and I've, I've, I've honestly grown a lot through kind of finding other ways of like, don't let the fact that work said no, let you know, kind of block you from doing the things you, you want to do and the things you're passionate about. Um, so, so yeah, I just fell in love with doing Jekyll and then, and then kind of transitioned to doing a lot of Hugo. Um, I did a lot of stuff back then. Um, uh, I met Matt and Chris of Netlify literally when I, before Netlify launched, cause they were at my talk about um, static site generators when I was speaking at an HTML5 uh, like uh, meetup in at the Google offices in San Francisco. Um, awesome. Yeah. So like I've been doing this for a long, long time. Um, I've now written, um, well, kind of two and a half books. I say a half because one of them was like a report for O'Reilly all about um, static site generators and then wrote two books with Ray Camden about Jamstack. So yeah, so Jamstack has played a big part in my in my career, um, mostly out of like, I'd say most of that time, it was not a work focus. It was literally just uh, a passion of mine, like something just I enjoyed um, in, the, in a way I really kind of liked building sites. It's, it's what I like. Um, it's the tools I like to use to build sites, you know. Completely understandable. Makes sense. Did you have something to say, Alex? No, uh, I, I'm just soaking it all in. I feel like Brian <laughs> and I could be like talking in a mirror to each other right now. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, I, although I didn't meet anyone from uh, Netlify early on, so you, you got me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was funny because they they come up to me afterwards and they're like, oh, we want to tell you about this like tool we built. Because literally my presentation at this HTML5 thing, I'm talking about like one of the struggles of these tools was deploying them, right? Mm. Um, and I would I was showing like, well, this is like, literally I had like little um, command line things that would help just basically FTP it. I don't know. Huh. Um, you know, we may have to explain F what FTP is <laughs> to some of the viewers. <laughs> but, File <laughs> like, transfer <laughs> protocol, is that? But, uh, We'd still right. have to explain it though. <laughs> I have done it one time. Really? Oh my goodness. <laughs> one time. I'm a very new developer though in terms of like this industry. Like four years, four and a half years is all oh, that great. I've been doing. You're so spoiled. Like, I came into the spoiled generation. <laughs> the tools we used to deal with were rough. Oh <laughs> my god, yeah. So so literally this command line tool would just basically handle FTPing it for me because that it was because moving all the new like stuff was a pain. Yeah. Um and just so like I had just one command and it deployed it, um, but there was other tools too. And it, it was just, it was not fun, um, you know, and FTP is kind of, I mean, it works, but I, I can tell you like I've, and I remember the days when I accidentally dragged the whole site into the wrong folder and <laughs> took, took the whole thing down. Oh no. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> 
I, you know. I was actually working with someone at Adobe, um, one of their like premier support people. And he was SSH'd in and he did, he wanted to move something and he had to delete it. And he's like, rm-rf slash opt. And just, I was like, oh, why'd you do that? Yeah. And he took down everything. I was everything. Like, oh my That's God. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I of did. Of course, my company, I kept asking them for a redundant server and they never set anything up. So we were down for like four hours. It was great. Yeah. Well, those were the days like from when you were FTPing it, right? Like, the part of the problem was that I mean that the the site was out of sync as it was happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like because we didn't have like, oh hey, it's deploy. We're gonna yeah. push there the was no CD here and then flip the switch and move it over to the, yeah. you know, put that one live, like you know, um, like kind of what we're all used to now. Um, so so as I was as you were deploying it, you were you're, you either took it down or the site was in this kind of like funky state where some stuff was updated others weren't maybe that broke things yeah it was a lot of fun Brids, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did we hit all of your uh, bullet points out here do we talk um, about the jam stacked newsletter we haven't talked about the newsletter yet we talked a little bit about the conferences and stuff i was trying to get the books anthony was nice enough to link uh, the fs jam podcast where brian and raymond are mm-hmm. talking about writing the book but i was trying to find the link to the book sorry i'm oh, I just a little distracted I, I actually put in his perfect pics already if you want to grab oh one. nice okay that's good yeah yeah do you want to talk a little bit about the book sure um yeah so the book um obviously i said i wrote it with with ray camden uh, I think what makes that book interesting is that most Jamstack books say they take a particular tool and and then just say, okay, here's how to build something with this stack, like Gatsby plus some kind of CMS or something like mm-hmm. that, um, or whatever, you know, Next.js plus whatever. Um, we tried to kind of, one of the things I love about Jamstack personally, is that it's not prescriptive. There are tons of tools, which makes it hard to get started in a way because like, where do I start? There are tons of tools. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, so, but that gives you a lot of choices. And so like, if you learn it from a book, that's just like, here's the stack. Well, that's the stack you're going to end up using. And I think for us, it felt like we want to introduce you to a range of options and then allow you to choose Obviously, we have to limit that, but like the book covers Eleventy, it covers Hugo, it covers Next.js, um, and actually, I think in a little bit of Jekyll. Um, but the idea being like, here are a bunch of different options. Some of them are very different. We're going to show you all those, and then we even cover like, you know, how do you connect? Uh, how do you connect uh, CMS to this? How do you do e-commerce? How do you, you know? So we want to kind of give you the full range of tools. Uh, so that you, it's, it's not like it's going to give you, you know, maybe as in depth as a whole book that sticks to one stack, but it's, it really gives you the full set of options, both in terms of like your static site generator, um, and a CMS and, and all the other tools, like, cause obviously there's a lot of pieces in a Jamstack application, right? Yeah, and it hopefully has a little bit more longevity if you do it that way too, where you're not focusing on one thing and do it this way. And that allows it to live a little bit longer. And I love that it said beyond static sites there. The Jamstack for me has always been about being able to grab those best in class pieces and pull them together. 
and having that choice is powerful, but like you said, it's also a little burdensome. So it's, it's more about like finding what you enjoy and what language you want to write in and then kind of refining that down to the framework. There's a new one every day. Like <laughs> you don't have to learn them, but getting there for sure. One's coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about it as, as you probably well aware, like we, they revised the, the definition of Jamstack yet again, um, <laughs> which is fine. I think it's good that it's evolving. I think it needs to. Um, but there is no, like, technically speaking, now it's not even, the pre-rendering is not even part of the definition at all. No, um, it is not. They took that out on purpose. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty so, soon so JavaScript's going to be out of there. APIs will the, be out of there. Just so we have this on record, the new Jamstack definition is Jamstack is an architectural approach that decouples the web experience layer from data and business logic, improving flexibility, scalability, performance, and maintainability. So that decoupling. Can you read the Mock Alliance one too, just so we can compare for a while? Mock Alliance? What? Never mind. There's there's what like three different architectures going around right now. I'm all, and I'm like, huh, you've and changed Mock them so Alliance close now that I'm just the like. The Mock Alliance oh, presents and advocates, and it had a pop-up. Brian, open... Brian and I have been doing this probably long enough where like the pendulum has swung like seven different ways where you've gone from like complete mainframe back out to distributed, back all calling all over the place. And then you've got it back all tightly integrated because that's faster. And then oh, yeah. back to the edge now because edge. I had not heard of this one. Like, it's microservices based, API first, cloud native SaaS and headless. That sounds like Jamstack. Right. It is. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> no money. Netlify in the Mock Alliance? I thought Netlify was even in. Yeah, there. they're part of it. They there's maybe. I just, I had never heard of it as an architecture. That's it's just funny. There's there's so many of them that are so similar, and it's just like okay, you can you can yeah. change them to be whatever. <laughs> We're talking about the same thing, though. Yeah, I, you yeah. know that's the thing to me is it's like I even tell people I'm like I talk a lot about Jamstack, but like I don't think you don't have to go 100 percent like you you know whatever we define Jamstack as. It's like take right. the pieces that work for you and and use them. That's or the key. if you want, you know, if you want to use whatever is Jamstack. I mean, it's a very loose definition anyway um, for part of your site. And then the rest is like, you know, something different. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You got it. At the end of the day, we're trying to build sites that work. Right. So, and we're trying to build sites that work, not just for whoever our employer is or whatever, like, but also for like the people who use it, that we give them a good experience. And it doesn't, you know, as long as you're achieving those goals, um, like, I mean, it doesn't matter. I just, I like the Jamstack. It works for me. My, and it obviously works for a lot of people. But this, this, this is not like uh, dogmatic in any way. Right. I, I don't get into yes. like these debates about like, you know, I think it's cool. Like server side, if server side rendering is part of the Jamstack, hmm, that's fine. I mean, I still personally prefer to pre-render as much as I can, but like, but you know, I know we have we have Kenzie Dodds coming on and like I am so interested in just digging into his brain because I'm like still torn about I still feel like static is the way you're gonna go bring and, up a hot topic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know, I know. Like I, I gotta calm myself down and just like hear him <laughs> out because it's it's tough for me. Like for years it was we were writing PHP and we were on a server and that was fast and then we had to move it closer. So we went to the client and then we put too much in the client. And so we had to back out of that. And then we made it static and brought static closer to the, 
the people on the CDN. And now it's like, let's bring the full thing to the edge as close as possible. And it's like, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> okay. Well, this is where like, I feel like, you know, my career helped me in many ways. To, I would say when I was younger, I was more like, I, th I thought I knew the right way to do things. And I was like, gonna, I could just kept researching and I'm going to figure out like, this is the best way to build an application. But as you go through your career and like things change so much and technologies disappear, oh, you know, sometimes overnight. And it's like, you realize I, I can't be dogmatic about this stuff because uh, tomorrow I might be doing something completely different. And you also, as, as you mentioned, Alex, see, that things, you know, change like so dramatic. And it's kind of like that pendulum swinging back and forth, as you mentioned, that like some, you know, there were times when it was like, we need to push everything to the client because the server is slow. And we need to push everything back to the server because the client's slow, you know. Um, and and I've seen that happen repeatedly throughout my career. Um, mm -hmm. You know, even to a point, like I remember, I mean, people might find this insane and it was kind of insane, but like there was a point when, that my database server could process things better than my web server and definitely better than the client. So I pushed more stuff to the database server than, you know, and um, so like, you know, things like SQL server even allowed you to run like, you know, things code and stuff like that, which yep. in retrospect was probably a terrible idea, <laughs> but actually did make things run better. Like it was faster than, than the alternative, right? Cause my, my web application server was kind of slow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I worked for the company. All procs were done inside their database and like the web yeah. server is just feeding out. It was ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, we just, that all that changes. Um, and I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, this part of even like going back to the CFE dev, like that's why I like learning about this stuff. Cause I'm all about like the more, you know, the better the better choices you can make yep. and i'm all about giving you all the options so you can hopefully make a good choice right. that's the best for what you need to achieve and whether that's the things that i use or the, or something completely different i don't care I, I think you said it right there though like the great part about jamstack or any of these kind of modalities is that you can actually say use the best thing for what you're trying to accomplish and that's yeah. that's the key to it all right there so swap in and swap out the best of breed and you're you're good to go and sometimes it might just be your dx side like maybe you can get this mvp out the door cuz you have vc investors looking and all i know is next yes write that and then later on go write it in something else like that'll work so yeah i don't know there's there's different ways to look at it I do want to give uh, Anthony a shout out. Um, he's always a huge, huge uh, member and whatever you want to call him. Anthony's all over the place. All the time. Yeah, yeah. I know Supporter. Anthony very well. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, he's calling you out left and right. Um, uh, but he's doing a talk on composability dot, at composability.dev. So uh, definitely check it out. I think it's tomorrow. Is, is that correct? I hope. Or is it? It's going on right now, isn't it? I think his talk's tomorrow, I want to say. Oh, his talk's tomorrow, he said yeah, in the yeah. chat. Yes. So definitely his check talk. that out if you get a chance. Um, I think we're going to take this time to pivot on over to our perfect picks. And Brian's up first, and he has a doozy because I'm really curious about <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, well, Brittany and I were talking about this earlier because this is what I'm doing, like, on this travel on this trip i'm like i'm watching this show um and it's been okay so 
<laughs> I will preface this by saying I was never really a fan of the games. Like I, I, I they're fine. I like. I mean, I'm not like didn't dislike them. It just wasn't something I played all that much. Um, I did watch the movies. They were me. The show is actually good. Um, it's it's uh, it's well acted. It's not. I wouldn't say it's particularly scary because it's more like a monster movie so far. I haven't finished it. Um, so there's a lot of giant creatures more than zombies, but, um, but yeah, it's, I, I definitely recommend if you want something a little scary. Yeah. And it is TVMA. <laughs> I knew, right. I knew Alex was like coming up with that, but it's, yep. it is a little bit scary. Yeah. yeah I, was trying to I mean, yeah, it definitely, I'm watching it definitely has some scary elements, gory, <laughs> gory elements too. Nice. That's pretty good watch. Um, we we technically already did your other one. It was the Jamstack book. So definitely go uh, purchase the Jamstack book that Brian wrote or helped write um, as well. Co-wrote. Ray helped me for. write it. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely wanted to call out more serverless because it is coming up next month and it's put on by CFE Dev and looks like a great conference. Do you have the speakers on that go down a little bit? My coworker Salma is in there. Yep. There Colby Fayot gift. Like there's so many good I've never people heard talking. Of any of these people. <sighs> Ever mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. So many good people. It's gonna be a good one. So go and sign up for that. Yeah. That one's, I mean, it's on CFE.dev. It's also like more serverless.com. Nice. Um, Yeah. As you notice, like I I like to have fun with these, like a little bit, like the the concept, the artwork concept. I don't draw these things. I'm I'm not capable of creating that. Um, But I did send the the artist guy who does this stuff for me. I'm like, this is what I want. And he nailed it. I think he nailed it. I love this one. I, I like have a store set up like because I want it on a t-shirt and uh <laughs> but I haven't quite finished setting up the store yet. It probably it may good. not be ready in time, but that would yeah. be a really good t-shirt. It would yeah. be good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I need mean, you know jam.dev had great artwork too. I don't know. Oh it was so good. It was like that 80s style like throwback. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. So the first what first jam.dev I was like I want like like 80s hip hop, you know. <laughs> Yes, the second one was like was like eighties. It's like a Journey album cover. (laughs) I don't know what I did with it. I had a slap bracelet from Jamstack.com last year. I was going to show slap bracelet. I haven't cut my wrist in years. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, definitely, it's going to be great. And it's, it's, I guess, as I mentioned, it's it's completely free. So like. Yeah, you know, harm and you know, if you want to sign up and you can attend the whole day or just the sessions you want, or um, but but I I do recommend being there like in person because it's not just like recorded stuff. Like this is we most of the speakers speak live, even if they record their session, we have them come on afterwards for live Q and A. So um, so you get one of the things I think. Uh, virtual can do well is the ability to give people uh, to ask questions to the speakers and get them answered directly. Like in in person, that can often be awkward and people are in the room and blah, blah, blah. So this gives you like a a way to just really ask these people the questions you want to ask them, um, get them answered live. So being there live has value. 
and being in chat in the community too there is really good i feel like yeah. in conferences like these virtual conferences with their chat has stepped up their game yep for sure Sorry, i was laughing at uh, anthony little puke emoji on the journey comment <laughs> it wasn't because i like journey music it was just, i was like you know there was a you style like journey? and like i don't dislike <laughs> journey but like there was a style of of album art that from back in the 80s like rock band stuff that i was like i was going to that's what i wanted i don't know I, you know okay a little less quick aside oh quick aside yeah if you know so the reason I went for that is there's a there's a silly little cartoon called Teen Titans Go. I was I love Teen oh, Titans yeah. in general, but like and the, even the old Teen Titans cartoon, Teen Titans Go, I really enjoy it, but it's it's like utterly silly and stupid, right? <laughs> and but they have an episode where they go, um, they get kind of sucked into this this video, and it's in that style, and it's got this song that's actually like. The show made popular, even though I guess it wasn't popular at the time it was released in the eighties. Um, and it's so cheesy, where they're flying <laughs> these things, you know, like animals with wings and like shooting rays out their oh eyes, and, and you know, and <laughs> anyway, um, oh and uh, yeah, you look up like it's called the the night begins to shine, or the I know something like that. My which, kids love the show. Yeah. I haven't and watched so it so long. That's what like I thought that that episode and they have a number of episodes that like are on that in that style and I'm like oh I want that I want that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Brist, what is your second pick? Yeah, my second pick was just a shout out. I was on CFE Dev a couple months ago. I did getting started with this felt framework. I'm using this as kind of the base of a talk I'm writing right now. So I'm kind of excited about that. And I did add one more and I don't know if you saw it because oh, I, I just I kind of plugged more serverless so we could get that. Uh, must be up there. this one. Yes. So Jamstack Conf is coming up in November and I will be there. So make sure to go and get your ticket. I want to meet everyone. <laughs> I wish I could be there. Oh, I know. It's like that time of year for some reason has got so many conferences. GitHub Universe is directly following it in yeah. San Francisco. Connect.tech is in Atlanta the same day as it. And I feel like it's just a bad time. But yeah, everybody's cramming their stuff in November. Yeah. We have we have ours, but ours that we haven't really even announced yet, our company one is like the oh, has some overlap and I, I just got accepted for connect.tech so it's like nice. oh, oh. yeah which I had applied to before I even knew Jamstack conference dates so I've never I had to message them. Conference. I had a workshop accepted through them and I was like I'm not gonna be able to be there so if you want a pre-recorded one I can do that but <laughs> we'll uh, yeah. we'll see what they say I don't know but Everybody is that week, and then I know, late November hard. with reinvent and all that, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, cool. Um, my first pick. I am gritty. always challenged. I missed something. Gritty. Um, no, it's named oh, yeah. gritty. gritty. I was like gritty. Gritty. I'm always challenged uh, with with the grid layout. I'm getting a lot better in Tailwind now because I don't know mentally it just makes more sense to me. But um, this allows you to kind of dynamically. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, 
this is this allows you kind of dynamically um, pick different things so you can understand like if I want this precisely 100 picks you can set it to that and then understand like what a frame actually is and kind of just play around um, in here there's Perse a lot of these out here but this one really like hit home for FR doesn't cool. stand for frame does it oh I always thought it was I don't know I always think of it as free space, the FR unit. I'm trying to see what fractional unit is what it stands for. Fractional. I always think of it as, yeah, I guess fraction. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I, that is, that. I like that because. I do too. I, I it actually makes it really, visual. really stink at doing that. I Using Tailwinds is amazingly like. It, it simplifies it for my brain, at least, because you can do a grid template and then you put it all in like an array and you go one frame, comma, 200 picks, comma, and like, boom, 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 I'm done. So it's now see, uh, I like easier. to use the min max. That or too, yeah. Ram, repeat, yep. auto fit, min max. Is I like believe the their option. defaults use that. They use like min max and then they do like six with one FR or something like that, which they do. Super the default ones, she hates yep. it. <laughs> it so I like that you can customize it. That's that's the best part about the just in time with Tailwind three. So, yep. I am terrible at CSS. I used once upon a time I knew it back when it was simple. Um, <laughs> then it, then it just got beyond my capabilities. So it's. I feel like I haven't with... gotten to do as much of it. And if you don't use it all the time, and things are changing so often that it's like it's a skill you have to keep up with, like everything else. But yeah. I haven't been doing as much CSS. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I did a lot of it and I felt like I was confident back when literally CSS was first a thing. And I brought it into a couple of companies that I was at and I was like, we got to do this. <laughs> um, and I was good at it then, but it was very simple then. You couldn't do anything complex. I mean, can you do a rounded <laughs> corner or a shadow or none of that oh, it's stuff? It's amazing now. Now it's like, stuff. now it's just, I have to have actual designer skills to do it. And I'm just like, I don't have any of those. I'm starting to get used to the has keyword and stuff like that. So it's exciting. Mm, yeah. Um, so this is another one of those CSS icons. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this. I'm constantly looking for free icons for some reason. Um, I found this CSS.gg the other day. thought it was pretty sweet. You can get all the SVGs, all the fun stuff you can imagine out of here. I often use this one, but this might... Uh, so this is iconshock.com they have free icons and they have a search that you can go through um there's a tailwind one too yeah the tailwind one doesn't have as much okay i, I used to use that all the time but now what that is... i can like find all these other ones that search like i don't know book it's like so quick to just grab them and i can grab any piece of them it looks a lot like um font awesome used to look before it got all fancy yeah, Font Awesome, it always bugged me, like, what's free, what isn't free, how do yeah. I use it? And now, like, you can just, boom, you're in Figma with this stuff, so you can open oh, it directly nice. in Figma, which you guys probably don't want to see what's in there right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think it was a really cool one. So what is with that, the What's with the .gg domain names lately? I don't know. What is up with that? They're what everywhere. does it stand for? Like, is it a – so GG, is it a country code? Because the two-letter ones yeah, I thought were right. country codes. Yeah. The country code for oh. Bailiwick Jersey. Can you spell that? <laughs> what? I can I can put it in the chat. I don't <laughs> think I can spell it. I don't even good you know game. Me. H H yeah, it's just good game. That's it's good game. Bailiwick of Bailiwick Jersey. Of... 
that's a that's a good one i don't know interesting <laughs> okay we're well past our uh our allotted time <laughs> but brian thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate it um i'm gonna be bugging you shortly i hope to close the loop on what was supposed to have been launched darkly and us doing a sponsorship together so uh We'll chat right. afterwards. Get that. Okay. Out. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for uh, watching and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Later.